Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the Jacksonville, Florida market. This is kind of a relaunch for us in that market because we have just had a hard time getting good inventory, but that all changes today. We are bringing on our local market partner here in a couple of minutes to talk about the market, the opportunities there, why it's such a great market, and why so many investors just don't know about that market is beyond me. But anyway, it's a good opportunity for us if you know what's going on. And timing and the market cycle really play into your decisions as to where to invest when you're investing in real estate. And what you'll find is that Jacksonville is almost a perfect storm. We've got everything going on there that is in our favor as a real estate investor. So I'm going to let Brian cover that here in just a minute, but we will get to that interview in 30 seconds. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. All right, I'm going to bring on Brian to the show here. He is our new local market partner in Jacksonville, Florida. And when I say new, what I mean is this show is effectively marking the relaunch of Jacksonville, Florida. We've been in the Jacksonville market for a couple of years, actually a number of years. However, the greatest challenge we have found is getting the right inventory and enough of it. And that sounds like a problem with some good fundamentals, but the problem is it is a problem. And so we needed to bring on a new team that has excellent product that are in the right areas. And so Brian and his team are well vetted and they are fantastic and their knowledge of the market is exceptional. And so I wanted to bring Brian onto the show today to talk about the Jacksonville market, the opportunity there for you as an investor and share with you what we potentially could bring to the table if you're interested in opportunities down there. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Marco, and, and the listeners as well. My pleasure. Glad to have you on. I'm very impressed with your team, and I'm also very impressed with your success story. Uh, as I understand it, you started off in California. You weren't born here, but you were an investor here in California. And then you took that success and you repeated that model in Jacksonville. I have a trademark saying, you know, live where you want, invest where it makes sense. So let's start off by you telling our listeners about your background and how you got started because that story is good for our listeners to hear. <laughs> great, great. I appreciate it, Marco. And I do love your quote um, because actually our first portfolio in California uh, dates back to we started our first deal in 1998 in a place called Bakersfield, California. And we were actually living in Santa Barbara. So, you know, live where you want, invest where it makes sense and the fundamentals. So living in Santa Barbara, the numbers made absolutely zero sense even in 1998, you know, the median price and in the coast there was 750 grand, so you could not cash flow property. And my business partner and I have always, from day one, been focused on cash flow, affordable property. Um, you know, we did a 
we've made lots of mistakes along the way, but one of the, one of the things we did up front was uh, surround ourselves with some good mentors and, and some smarter investors that have been around the block a lot longer than us. So they always had us focused on cash flow. So that brought us to Bakersfield in 1998. Between 1998 and 2004, uh, we cut our teeth and learned the business. Um, you know, we did. 500 plus transactions there. One of the good things we did was uh, a couple of years into building the business, we started to hold a lot of property. So by 2004, we had about 180, 185 properties that my partner and I had bought and held as long-term rentals. And I know, I know you're based in California, Marco, and a lot of the listeners are West Coast and all over. No matter where you're from, you probably know in California, between 2004 and 2006 was one of the biggest run-ups and most unprecedented um, equity growth times in, in the history of real estate. So fortunately for us, we obviously, you know, 2004 hit and we could not afford to continue to acquire property because the pricing just got so out of whack and all the fundamentals that we look for were just not um, making sense anymore in Bakersfield. So my partner and I started liquidating down um, all 180 of the properties one by one, we ended up selling 80% of the portfolio to our tenants that were in the homes, um, which is a really efficient and economical way to, to exit out of a property. Um, and we sold at the top and then we, we, we made millions of dollars and it, you know, we looked like we were, we knew exactly what we were doing, but we made a, a huge mistake. And I always like to be transparent because although we have a success story, we definitely made a huge, we've made costly mistakes, which I like to share with our listeners and with our potential clients, because I think transparency is a big thing. So we took a lot of that capital out of California between um, 04 and 05 and 06. And my business partner and I started getting on planes and flying around the country to identify the next market where we wanted to go and um, reallocate the, those that capital that we had made in California. We were still young and single at the time, so very flexible. All of our homework and all of our due diligence, Marco, you know, we flew up and down the West Coast, up and down the East Coast, took us to Jacksonville, Florida, where we are today. But the major mistake we made, and we'll talk about cycles probably later on in the call, is uh, we couldn't have timed it any worse. Um, we thought we were entering into Jacksonville in 2006, still in, in a buyer's market. But the reality was is that it was topped out, um, and the money that we plowed into Jacksonville in 06 and 07 um, quickly disappeared, you know, from from an equity standpoint. Um, the only thing, honestly, that kept us um, in business or out of bankruptcy was is that we did buy affordable cash flow property. But you know, values went upside down. Two thousand eight hit a global financial crisis, so my partner and I sat on the sidelines and just you know managed what small portfolio we had built, um, and had a couple of painful years to be transparent with you. In between 08 and um, 2011, in my humble opinion, is when Jacksonville started to bottom out in our niche, and that's when we started to dip our toe back in the water. So, between 2011 and today, as as we have this call, you know, we're back up to a couple hundred properties. We're doing a lot of um, providing turnkey investments for for clients like you you have on the call here. We we have very specific real estate investment rules and. Um, parameters that we adhere to. And we do the same thing over and over and over about 10 times a month. So our goal with clients or potential clients is just to plug them into our systems and the teams that we have here on the ground in Jacksonville. And I'm only comfortable selling assets or investments to clients 
in neighborhoods or areas in Jacksonville where my partner and I are very, very heavily invested. So it's the old, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. So you took your equity out of California, moved it to Jacksonville, plunked it down into a bunch of property there. And then over the course of four plus years, you've watched that equity erode away. Is that right? That's correct. And I mean, uh, in a big way, um, you know, pr- properties that that we paid, you know, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars for were, you know, were, were valuing at, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars during the meltdown. And then you had outrageous vacancy. You had um, j- just every problem that you can imagine. I mean, I, I think anyone that was exposed in two thousand eight, and we were obviously exposed in a big way, um, probably felt some pain. Yeah. Well, the reason I was asking, you know, if you actually had your equity all vested in additional property in a different market, you know, I have this little saying, I say the uh, cash flow in the property is the glue that holds the deal together. So even though your equity was vaporizing in front of your face, the fact is you still had the assets that were generating monthly cash flow for you. And so as long as you didn't sell, you wouldn't realize a loss and you could weather through that storm and come out of it on the other end, still with the assets, still with the cash flow, but now your equity is increasing again. That's that's correct. It's always a long-term play for us. And I always tell any client or, or potential client coming to do business with us that we are, you need to have patient money is what we refer to it as and, and look out. Um, this is definitely a cash flow play. Um, we, we understand and appreciate the real estate cycle a lot better now. Um, it's something that I, I study very closely. Um, and you know, where we're at today in, in Jacksonville, we're, we're, we're in a buyer's market, we're moving through recovery. Um, and I do see inventory getting shrunken down, but there's still a great opportunity here. And, and, you know, my partner and I, and whatever, you know, handful of clients on a monthly basis that we work with, um, are continuing to get into these properties so far below replacement costs that it's, I would never tell you that it's, you know, no risk or it's impossible to get hurt because that's just not, that's just not true. But as far as mitigating risk um, and and understanding fundamentals and where we're at in the cycle after going through, you know, we've been doing this for 18, 17, 18 years now. So just as much as we know what to do, we also know what not to do. And I think that's, that's critically important. Yeah. Well, you pick Jacksonville. It's, uh, I think it's the 14th or 15th largest city in the U.S., which is, you know, an enormously large city. So aside from, you know, the beautiful beaches and the warm weather and the warm water, Jacksonville is really not a flashy or sexy city, but the numbers make sense there. So talk a little bit about why you chose Jacksonville at a high level, because eventually I'm going to drill down into more specifics about, you know, the fundamentals of that market. Not a, not a problem. So yeah, I, I, you know, I said that we got on planes and started doing some due diligence because we knew we wanted to reallocate our resources um, after liquidating out of California. So we we looked at um, timing, fundamentals. Um, we knew that we wanted to be warm and, and um, by the water um, if it was affordable, of course. Um, you know, warm and by the water if it's if it's a market like Santa Barbara doesn't make any sense. Um, so all of our due diligence, we took about 12 months and we both got on planes and took turns flying around the different markets and doing our due diligence. And, you know, all the fundamentals that I'm assuming we'll talk about um, later on in the call are ultimately what drove us to um, Jacksonville. Just like Bakersfield is not a sexy – Bakersfield, at the, in, it probably still is considered by a lot of Californians the armpit of California. Um, <laughs> we, we, we got a lot of grief, Marco, from all of the, all the smart investors and, and 
in Santa Barbara in 1998 when we told them we were going over to Bakersfield. At that time, it had a third of the entire state of California's foreclosure activity in 1998, that little town in, in Oh, that was ground zero. Absolutely. And then by 2006, it was ground zero for being the number one or second you know, rated market in the country for, for investments behind Las Vegas. So same thing with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, and you hit the nail on the head, you said it's not a flashy, sexy city. When, when investors or anyone for that matter, even tourists hear about the state of Florida, immediately they think of Mickey Mouse in Orlando and they think of South Beach in Miami. Jacksonville is a working class town that's driven um, by a, a really strong job source and job base and a very conservative and pro landlord and pro business friendly uh, politics here. So it's it's just a really a really good place to be building a portfolio in our opinion. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, we we like to break down say when I say we you and I, we like to break down uh, an analysis of a market into different categories. And when you talk about the economic growth in a market, the population growth, affordability, desirability, and then ultimately supply and demand within that market. I mean, we could do an entire podcast episode just on those fundamentals. So let's look at Jacksonville and break it down uh, one by one, starting with affordability. You know, the one comment I'll say is that a key to affordability is being able to buy properties in that market below replacement cost. And I know you can do that in Jacksonville. So maybe speak to that and break it down a little bit for our listeners. Sure. Affordability, if you're going to be a cash flow investor, is is so critical. So affordability is alive and well in Jacksonville. Um, a couple of years ago, our, our median price today is about 165 k depending on what source you look at. Uh, the MLS is calling it 165 k Our typical investment, um, turnkey investment, is around $100,000. So we're selling and buying and holding, um, you know, somewhere between fifty and seventy thousand dollars below replacement costs, which is what you just hit on, and that is so critical as a risk mitigation factor when you're buying and holding property. Um, if there is, God forbid, another you know big GFC or global financial crisis or downturn, mm-hmm. people are going to downsize into. Um, our types of neighborhoods that are, are are very affordable. What how I describe our neighborhoods are, they're solid, safe, working class neighborhoods. They're not sexy. There's not, you know, gated communities and tennis courts and people driving Mercedes. That's that's just not our niche. These are just solid working class people. We're attracting young families with kids in the school district. We have a lot of military families that we rent to and sell to. Um, you know, school teacher, police officer, that type of income. So it's just solid working class America. Um, and that's one of the things that attracted us to Jacksonville is because the median was so affordable, yet you're living, these neighborhoods are anywhere between five and 20 minutes from downtown and anywhere between, you know, 10 and, and 10 minutes and a half hour to the ocean. So it's, it's pretty incredible the, the quality of life that you can get um, and the affordability that exists here. Yeah, that's important. I, I have kind of a motto. Our properties should be safe, clean, functional, and affordable. And, you know, when you look at people who move up and down, you know, to better jobs or if there's an economic slump and, you know, they have to move down that socioeconomic ladder, if you're investing in properties that are below replacement cost and below the median price within a market, what you'll find is that people who have to move down that socioeconomic ladder will come from other areas of the city and move into your property. So you'll always have a large tenant pool to draw from. That's correct. 
And I think I, I sort of glazed over because you you know I, I talked about the median, but I did not talk about replacement. Which, again, if you took our typical product, it's a fifteen hundred square foot, you know, three bedroom, two bath, block and brick home. To replace that same home at $100 a square foot, which you, you'll actually be underwritten from an insurance perspective, just to rebuild the same house that you're buying for 100, 100K turnkey, you'd be into it 150K, and then you still have the land cost on top of it. So we're, we're really trying to mitigate risk as much as we can. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So if you look at the economic growth in the city, uh, you know, when I think of Jacksonville, you've got a military presence there, although I don't know how big the military presence is. It's a logistical hub. Obviously, it's a major seaport, and I believe it's probably the largest in the southeast. Medical community, you have aviation and high tech. And interestingly enough, with high tech, I was doing some searches online, and I found a study from Forbes. I don't know if Forbes did the study, but they cited the study with Jacksonville being the second in the nation in terms of tech job growth. Yeah, you know what? I mean, that that is really flies under the radar. I have it in, in when I do a, a physical presentation from stage, so I give third-party rankings, and Forbes is definitely – actually, Steve Forbes, the owner of, of that whole media um, company, I've um, had the pleasure of meeting, and we spoke at a, the same event, and he, he was touting Jacksonville, not even knowing that that's where we were from, and I – I obviously approached him after and said, you know, I appreciate it because you had no idea. You just plugged where we're uh, plowing a lot of money into. But yeah, there's there's a very diverse economy here, Marco. And ultimately, at the end of the day, jobs are what drives the real estate market. You have these other fundamentals that we're touching on. But if you don't have jobs and, and solid, stable growth in jobs, your tenants can't afford to continue to pay you and your, and your potential buyers are not going to be able to qualify for a mortgage. So that's that's really the one thing that we're hyper focused on when we were doing our due diligence is okay what what's the job source there and is the local government um you know landlord friendly and and pro business growth and again we we're blessed having both of those things um to address the military we're, they're they're about 18% of our local economy so we're not a military town and we don't depend on the military but yet it is a a sizable port uh, portion of our um you know, of our local economy. And uh, again, probably a third of our tenant pool are young military families. So I'm a big fan of, of that in our niche. Um, but we do have, you hit on some of the big things, you know, we're a port town. We've been dubbed a logistics capital of the Southeast because you have this trifecta of the port industry, which is having explosive growth um, via the Panama Canal project, which I won't go into too, too much detail now because it would take too much time. But um and then you have the, the other part of the trifecta of the logistics is the port industry, the railway system, which is alive and well in downtown Jacksonville. And we have a ton of transportation um, companies, you know, Fortune 500 companies headquartered downtown Jacksonville. Uh, CSX, Interline would be some examples. And then the third part of the trifecta is we have highways 95 and 10 intersecting in downtown Jacksonville. So it creates this this awesome opportunity for logistics, manufacturing, transportation, the port, um, all of these existing businesses, auxiliary businesses, and then you know a lot of foreign businesses are recognizing. Florida doesn't have state income tax, so that's a big um, attraction for offshore money. So to make it tangible, like a Matsui and a Hanjin, again, you can Google this, have come in and set up shop as a direct um, correlation of the expansion of our the uh, the port industry and those two companies are creating 
10,000 jobs in downtown Jacksonville alone. So it's just a really diverse working class town. So job growth is strong. I mean, does it continue to 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 expand like it it did when you first looked at Jacksonville? It does. It does. Again, and a lot of that ties back to the politics. Obviously, the you know the having having landlord friendly and business friendly um, environment politically really really helps. And then I did mention the no state income tax, which is a huge thing. I mean, when we moved our our portfolio and headquarters from California to Florida, we saved between 10 and 13% just off the top from state income tax. So it's a, it's a major, major attraction for businesses. Oh yeah. Well, even your corporate, your state corporate tax is very low. I think it's 5.5% or something like that. That's correct. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy low. It's a, it's a very business friendly environment. We pay too much tax. (laughs) (laughs) So population growth, you know, jobs is at the heart of it. And obviously when you have jobs and you have job growth, it leads to population growth. You have your organic population growth within the market, but then it draws people in from other cities, other states. They want to work there. I was going to actually ask you about this. It didn't sound like you want to talk about it, but I I want to throw this in there in terms of population growth. You've got this Panama Canal expansion going on, and and I've seen and read and heard statistics that range from 50 to 100% population growth over a 10-year period, and I, and I believe that was from 2014 on. I don't know what you think about those statistics, but even if you take a 50% population growth over a 10-year period, that is enormous. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And not, you know, not that I don't want to talk about it. I just know that we have time restrictions on the call. It's a big deal. Um, You know, 10,000 jobs in one little industry and in a diverse economy. Today, as we speak, we're between 1.4 and 1.5 million in population in a greater metro. Um, economists, depending on the source, are saying I, I agree with what you're saying that it's it's supposed to double in the next eight to ten years. Wow! So e- even if you're conservative and you and you hit fifty percent of that, you're, you're still talking about huge, huge population growth. So I always like to you know give real tangible numbers. Um, we paid to have a, a local um, economist do some research for us, and his findings were seventy five households a day moving into Jacksonville on a daily basis. Uh, Jacksonville has the youngest workforce in the state of Florida. The median age is 37. And coupled with a, a young uh, workforce, we also have a ton of baby boomer money moving in um, to Jacksonville. Um, one of the reasons for that, and this will sort of address a question that I'm sure would come up later, is uh, hurricane activity. Um, when you're warm and coastal and in Florida, obviously you have a, a valid concern of of uh, hurricane activity. My partner and I did the research. We would have not chose Jacksonville um, if we thought we were going to be getting hammered by hurricanes every 12 months. Right. So, so South Florida is considered tropical. Um, so the weather is yeah, t- it's 10 degrees warmer in the winter. So for tourism, that's great, and it does attract. You know, you're going to have more tourists in places like Orlando and uh, Miami. But people that want to live here or have second homes. Um, I mean, my parents are a perfect example. I grew up in Jersey. They liquidated out of Jersey and, and moved down here. And I can't tell you how many tri-state area people um, are in, in you know, North Florida now. So you had that, that great combination of a young workforce coupled with a lot of mature baby boomer money coming in. Um, and then, you know, according to The Economist, I mean, the, the population is supposed to explode in the next um, eight to 10 years. That's insane growth. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, the problem. The problem with having growth that fast is is home builders always lag behind what is actually happening in the market, and it takes time to 
develop land horizontally and then build it up vertically. And, you know, during that period of time, it presents an increased amount of demand where investors like us can come in and take advantage of that. So if we can pick up the affordable housing that you're talking about, it puts upward pressure on rents and we get maximum cash flow out of these properties. Absolutely. I agree. We're having our cake and eating it too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we're going to probably see that for a number of years here. Yeah. Now, this is more of a subjective thing, but you call it desirability. Uh, I look at that as weather and lifestyle. The thing is, is I, I don't consider that a major driver because everything else being equal, sure, it, you know, it comes down to where is the weather and the lifestyle going to be best for me. But maybe take a second and talk about the desirability of the Jacksonville market because I, I love the weather. Uh, I love the lifestyle. But beyond that, for me, it's it's just a market to invest in. Yeah, yeah, great. So, as I said, you know, you heard, you heard our personal story. So we had a lot of flexibility and a significant amount of cash in, in 2006 when we had got done selling down our portfolio. So, you know, uh, just to be, again, real direct, you know, we would not have chose Jacksonville to, to move here to invest if it wasn't a desirable place for us personally to live because we had that flexibility and we and we were, we had, you know, a ton of cash reserves. So, Obviously, we wouldn't have chose to live in a place that we didn't love and, and, and you know, seeing see a, a great place to, you know, raise a family, which I'm, I'm doing now. Um, and again, I love your quote from the beginning of the, the call. So Jacksonville is a coastal city. Um, there's a there's a beaches area. I actually live in a town called St. Augustine, which is I'm a little biased, but probably one of the prettiest towns in North America. It's where North America was founded. So I, I live out at the beaches, um, a, a little bit of a different lifestyle than the city of Jacksonville, but I can, I can get in the car and drive to the neighborhoods we're investing in anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes and get into this really affordable housing that we're talking about that's close to job source and close to downtown and still only you know 15 minutes, uh, half hour to the beaches. So again, it's almost having your cake and eating it too. Again, it's, it's comparable to what we did in California. We're just replicating what we did. You know, we could not buy in Santa Barbara, so we drove over the Grapevine and we bought in Bakersfield. Here, we chose to live out at the beaches in St. Augustine, Ponte Vedra area, um, and yet we can drive into the city of Jacksonville, where there's again, you know, a million and a half people and great jobs and um, affordable housing, um, and and build a portfolio of cash flow property. Well, you can't go surfing in Bakersfield. You can't. No. So we uh, we would. If there was swell coming, to be honest with you, we'd get back in our car and <laughs> drive home. But you can – we do have swell in uh, in St. Augustine and in, in Jacksonville where we live. So we're, we're, we're blessed here. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. So the fifth area of, of, of the fundamentals I want to talk about is the supply and demand. One thing to note about Florida is it's a judicial state, which means that the foreclosure process there – takes a very, very long time. It's very slow to process foreclosures. So you have this glut that's backed up in the system and it just trickles out into the market. And that's got its good and bad points. From an investment perspective, it helps to keep the prices down and it provides a stream of inventory. So it's good for us. But talk about the supply and demand. How does that play into Jacksonville being a good market to invest in? Yeah. And and supply and demand is critical in any investment vehicle, but especially single family homes. So you know, obviously, we looked at that as one of the fundamentals. Um, again, looking at Florida as a whole, as a, as the state, um, in, in the last run-up of, of equity growth in the, the new con- the new construction boom that happened between you know 2002 and 2006, 
Um, South Florida had a gluttony of, um, you know, high rises going up on the beaches and in the downtown Miami, um, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando. Um, Jacksonville honestly did not experience. We had it. We had new construction, but nothing compared to to South Florida. And again, that goes back to job fundamentals of we like the diversity here. So all these fundamentals that we're talking about go are, are um, all tied back into one another if you if you really take a step back and look at them. So supply and demand, we are I'm going to talk about where we're at in the real estate cycle. We are still in a buyer's market here, so we're still getting into solid deals. But I do see inventory getting shrunken down. Um, there's a more and more of a demand of first-time home buyers and investor dollars um, flowing in, and that's obviously you know driving down the inventory. Yeah, I, I like looking at market cycles because all markets go through cycles. Even the stock market, you know, precious metals, you name it, everything you know fall, follows a particular type of cycle driven by various factors of supply and demand. In looking at the Jacksonville market, and I'm not asking you to you know look into a crystal ball here, but just based on what you know and what you see going on in that market, what is the window of opportunity for Jacksonville from a real estate investor's perspective? Sure, sure. And I I, I look at it on a on a day-to-day basis because it's our livelihood. And, and you're right, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can, you know, learn from experience and, and pay attention to the numbers because the numbers don't lie. So in my humble opinion, Marco, we are somewhere between halfway through recovery, meaning and if I had a, I wish I had a, a PowerPoint or a, a way to, to be visual with your listeners. But if you if you pictured a clock, and I actually take this clock, and for all the listeners, and I know Marco, you said you're very analytical. And if you look at it from a, uh, if you can envision a, a clock, you know, twelve o'clock at the top, six at the bottom. Um, you know, you go through this boom slump recovery eight, every eight to ten years. To answer your question, Marco. I believe in Jacksonville, in our niche, we're somewhere in that seven, eight, nine o'clock window um, in recovery, which is when you want to be buying, you're in the buyer's market. There's no doubt that we've seen um, some appreciation, uh, nothing radical, you know, eight to 10% um, growth over the last couple of years. Um, but I believe that will continue to compound um, through the rest of the recovery. Um, and if we, if we see eight or 10% compounding equity growth for the next five years, you know that I'll be really, really happy. You know we're hyper focused on the cash flow, but we definitely do it our our damnedest of getting in the way of the equity that we see coming. Yeah, I believe it. One of the nonprofit think tanks, I can't remember their name, labeled Jacksonville as one of the top five growth markets in the country right now. Actually, I think the study was last year, but even so, I mean it's probably still in the top five. Yeah, great place to be. So if we were to summarize, you know, everything we've talked about thus far in terms of the economics and the fundamentals, what we have is maybe a perfect storm. You know, we've got the perfect combination of affordable properties delivering high cash flow and in a market that has strong upside appreciation potential or upside equity growth. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Yeah, we call ourselves a hybrid market. So we're Hyper-focused on cash flow, but there's definitely potential for long-term equity growth. Yeah. So it, it, would you say your market is somewhat cyclical in nature? I mean, not to the degree that you've seen here in coastal California and parts of the Northeast. Yes, I, I would agree. But again, I would I would consider it a hybrid because um, you mentioned it before, we're a litigious state, so the foreclosure activity um, takes – on av- the, the average foreclosure of the state of Florida takes 892 days. So call it three years. 
So what that does is it back ups our, backs up our court systems. And some people look at that as a crisis or I see it as an opportunity. So I, I feel like we're a hybrid. There's no doubt that there, we're cyclical in the state of Florida. Real estate, as you know, being an expert, is very local. And then even within Jacksonville, there's lots of sub-markets. So what's happening out at the beaches right now, out where I live in St. Augustine, is very different than the fundamentals that are happening um, in the city of Jacksonville in the uh, neighborhoods that we're investing in. So you have to understand that it, it's so localized and there's there's sub-markets within markets. Yeah, always. So we've been talking about investing in Jacksonville. Give us an example of a typical deal that our investors and our listeners can get through us from your team. Describe the rehab, the age, the numbers, just paint the profile. Sure. And that's very easy for me because we do the same thing, you know, eight or 10 times a month. So our typical product that you can expect from us would be um, single family home, three bedroom, two bath, uh, 13 to 1500 square feet. Um, it's going to be completely renovated, which I'll talk about in a minute. It's going to be the purchase price is going to be on the low end, depending on square footage, ninety thousand up to one hundred and ten thousand. So our sweet spot's one hundred k. That same house rents for a thousand dollars a month, and we're attracting again a, a young. The goal is to attract a young family with kids in the school district because we want them to stay long term. And if I could wave a magic wand, they would be our buyers in you know five years when we're back into a healthy sellers market. So. We're buying um, older established neighborhoods. These homes and developments were built out in the 50s and 60s, which can sound scary to some people. But I, I love – I would take all day long in Jacksonville these older established neighborhoods of block and brick construction on concrete slab foundations um, versus newer construction that was built you know, in the 2000s or even the late 90s made of frame because truly and honestly, the integrity of the, the construction just was not there. Um, we call them little soldiers, these little concrete block, three-bedroom, two-bath homes. They've been there for 50 or 60 years. You have to update them, obviously, um, as, as you have wear and tear. But honestly, these homes will be in these neighborhoods long after I'm, uh, long after I'm gone. I, I don't see them going anywhere. <laughs> okay. So uh, you wanted to expand on the rehab? Yeah, that we've always been rehab guys, Marco. I mean, the way we buy, you know, you make your money when you buy, right? I mean, everyone's heard that before. So sure. we've always bought distressed property from the banks. Nine out of the 10 that we buy on a monthly basis are from the same six bank foreclosure or asset managers um, or REO brokers that we have relationships with. So we buy them distressed, but they're concrete blocks slab on slab. We take them apart and put them back together new. The thing that we've learned over the last 18 years is pay now or pay more later. We choose to, to do it right up front. I don't like cutting corners, so we'll go in and buy one of these older foreclosures, and we gut them. Typical scope of work would be a new roof, um, double-pane insulated windows. Um, the big four, let me talk about the big four. New roof, heating and cooling is going to be brand new. Um, the home is going to be replumbed on the interior of the home to code. We use a CPVC, which is code for City of Jacksonville. Uh, we upgrade the electric usually to a 200-amp service if it's needed. Those are what we call the big four. Um, they're going to chew up a lot of the budget of the rehab, and then the remaining stuff is going to be cosmetic. Next, we would always update kitchens and baths because that's really what's going to rent or um, you know sell your property for you. Um, you want to always you know get the emotion of the, the renter or a buyer. And curb appeal is also a big thing that I see a lot of new investors ignore that we pay attention to. 
I'm talking little stuff, pennies on the dollar, updating landscape with red mulch and fresh plants and, you know, just little stuff. So we, over the last 18 years, we've learned again, a lot of the, the devils in the detail. So we make sure that the big four are taken care of, but then we also pay attention to little things like curb appeal. Yeah. The curb appeal, believe it or not, makes a big difference. Investors do look at what the property looks like because if they're looking at it, prospective tenants are looking at it. You know, that's the first thing they see before they even step foot in the door. Absolutely. And that's, that's where you hook the emotion. Exactly. You know, what you just described as a rehab is fairly extensive. We're, you know, we're doing uh, renovations as well. And some of our extensive renovations can be thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars $40,000. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I, I do know that it could add up very quickly. So, you know, we love what you're doing as far as your scope of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've done for 18 years. So it's, you know, it's, uh, again, that's where the, the money is made in the sweat equity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian, anything else uh, you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Maybe, you know, frequently asked questions that you get, something I had never covered? Um, you know, one of the big things that I can address pretty quickly, but I think it's absolutely critical, is ongoing property management. So in our first portfolio, and this is a, a definitely a frequently asked question, you know, do you guys manage the property? Um, the answer is no. Um, but the longer answer is, is that we help our clients oversee their investment for the life of the investment. So, in our California portfolio, we had a you know an office and lots of staff running around, and we had property management under our roof. And going through that whole cycle and liquidation, we identified that my partner and I felt like it was taking up about seventy percent of our energy and resources focused on the management side, um, and we were taking our eye and energy off of the investment, which was which we believe is the where the money is to be made. So. When we started rebuilding in Jacksonville, we identified two groups on the ground here. There are two third-party groups. Um, we are their largest clients from a numbers perspective. Um, the, the larger group has about 850 doors that they manage. About 400 plus of them are either my personal or our clients. And then the second group, they have about 550 doors that they manage, and we have about 75 with them. So we get really good preferential treatment, you know, discounted pricing. And our our clients or investors are just plugging into those systems and teams that we have on the ground here. But management, you know, there's a saying that I always say, you know, money follows management. Um, so I could sell you guys the best investment at the best timing, all the things we just talked about for the last half hour. But if management is not solid, then you're going to have a, a serious problem. So we help you guys oversee that for the life of the investment. I think that's a really important point. Yeah, that's that's great value. One last question about the numbers. I'm going to go back here for a split second. We were talking about the typical deal. It sounds like a typical investment there has about a 1% rent to value ratio. So a $100,000 property would rent somewhere around 1000 Is that fair to say? That's correct. That's our rule. Okay. And someone leveraging with a 20% down payment after all expenses, what would a range of net cash flow look like? Uh, with a 20% down, um, we, we, our pro forma is we go off of a 4.75, uh, interest rate because that's what, that's very realistic right now. Conventional. Yep. Yeah, conventional, um, up to 10. And so our, I should say up to four, if you're going to go 20% down cash on cash return is going to be, um, in the 12 to 18% range after all expenses. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then you've got the other benefits like the depreciation, which is a phantom write-off you could write off for 27 and a half years. Correct. Um, you know, not, nothing beats real estate. No, I mean, it's the, it's in, in my opinion, it's the best asset class in the world. You know, it, it's tangible. Um, you can depreciate while it's appreciating. 
it's all it's all we've done for the last 18 years so yep you know we, we put all our eggs in one basket and we watch it very closely yeah yeah nothing beats it it's great well great anything else brian you want to wrap up with no i just appreciate the opportunity um you know i'm a big fan of education too and i know you are as well definitely you know if you haven't heard of that book marco and definitely the the listeners that are getting education grow rich with the property cycles i highly recommend it It, it, it's an incredible it's like the playbook for real estate cycles definitely yeah so if uh, anybody listening today or in the future is listening to this episode and you want more information about the jacksonville market or the investment opportunities that are there give one of our investment counselors a call we will also be posting these properties as they come and go up on our website. So just go to noradarealestate.com and click on properties. You'll see Jacksonville listed there. Take a look at what's available. And if you're not sure what you're looking for, give us a call and we'll help guide you through the right market and the right properties that fit your investment goals and your investment criteria. So having said that, Brian, thank you for your time today. You're a wealth of knowledge and we will look forward to working with you here for years to come. Thanks so much, Marco. I look forward to serving you in the community. Have a great day. You too, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. That should answer the question of why invest in Jacksonville. As you can tell from Brian's explanation of everything, it's a great market and the timing is perfect. So if you'd like more information about the market or the investment opportunities within that market, get in touch with one of our investment counselors. But if you have a general question about real estate or real estate investing, just send us that question via email on our contact form or through the voicemail app on our websites, and we will cover those in future episodes. Don't forget to download our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. You can get those from our websites. Just go to PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com and remember to subscribe. And of course, you know, our ethical bribe, we are giving away a free coffee mug. It's our keep calm and invest on mug. And uh, so far, the people who've received it said, looks great. Thank you. I love the mug, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, all you have to do is just leave us a review on iTunes and send an email to reviews at noradarealestate.com. And we will drop that in the mail for you. So again, thanks for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.